Welcome to the HR L&D podcast, Bite Sized, the show that explores the latest trends and insights impacting people-centric leaders, human resources professionals, and learning and development specialists. With me, your host, Nick Day. These are short snippets from my main podcast show that feature expert guests sharing their knowledge and experiences to help you stay up to date with the latest best practices and strategies impacting the future world of work. Remember, if you need support recruiting talent for your HR business, please do get in touch with myself or any of my wonderful experienced recruitment colleagues at jgarecruitment.com. But for now, sit back, grab your favourite beverage, and let's get started with today's bite-sized episode. Do you think working from home has been a hindrance to well-being or has it been a positive thing? Is it still unknown? And more importantly, I guess, going forward for those listening to this podcast, what can mm. leaders or employers do to really help support employees if working from home initiatives are going to continue? Sure. So the first part around working from home is, again, you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Everyone's experience is different. So actually, I think it's it's a bit of a 50-50 for one of a better word. For some people, working from home has been amazing yeah. and actually helped them take ownership of their mental health and well-being and be a bit more productive of how they integrate work life. So I was on another podcast where we were talking about work-life balance. And for me, I think that term in itself is pressure. When you try and ask, when you try and tell people to find balance, that actually kind of gives you a hidden or subconscious pressure to find equilibrium. And we know in life there is no such thing as a equilibrium in itself so I think for me addressing the terms and again I think terminology is another conversation but you know whether it's work-life balance or work-life integration because when we look at what the pandemic has done it's it's made us work from home and in a different way it's not an option to do it one day a week we've had to sit in our homes and integrate our personal lives with our work lives um, and try and find that integration where there are boundaries put in place for that to happen so, you know, I think it might be a hindrance for some people because actually we also have to understand that um, some of us have had the luxury and the privilege to have space to work in, where others have had to share property, have had to live back, move back home with their parents. And some actually might be facing a lot of, you know, fear because they leave the house to escape from whatever they're having to to not want to deal with. And I'm talking about Absolutely. domestic abuse and all that. So, you know, when you think about it from the different dynamics and the different experiences, working from home is actually a blessing, but also can be a hindrance to some people. You know, it's for some it's ideal and for some it's not, you know, it's been a disruption in the working environment, you know, but many employees are having to juggle the additional stresses of caring responsibilities, job security worries, and practices that are suitable for the workplace at home. So, and we've all had to adapt in ways where we would normally probably be coached into it um, slowly or whatever. We've all literally had to do it all together. So it's very challenging for everybody. And I think that that is is something that we need to understand when we talk about the context of working from home in this perspective, because it's very different to the old ways of working from home. But also I always think with every challenge and with everything that comes to us, there's always opportunities and possibilities to make things better and do things right the right way. So, you know, whereas before you had to ask for business cases and put in, you know, different ways of just having to request to work from home, 
it's shown, the pandemic has shown that that is not necessary. So now businesses need to think about, again, coming back to this culture piece, how do we create a culture where people can be open to discuss their concerns, feel empowered to bring their whole selves to work, think about how they work, where they work, and the way they work as a team, individuals, and stuff like that. So you have to, again, apply it with the lens of not everybody feels the same. People might feel isolated and like to have that people connectivity. Some people live far away and actually working from home and, and having less of the commute is, is working for them. So I think when you think about all these experiences, I think organizations can help support the employees by helping to manage stress in practical ways and potentially removing and reducing those barriers that come into place. So some of those things might be creating workplace culture where people have the safety and freedom, as I say, to choose how they work and where they work in and always have to opt in. So I mentioned my bringing your whole self to work, which is also something that is quite synonymous with inclusion and diversity, but it's around how you can create cultures where your staff feel that they will not be judged because of the decisions they make or because of how they want to represent their whole selves at work and how they want to work. I can't hone in enough about having regular wellbeing check-ins. So, you know, you have your workload check-ins or your one-to-ones and usually what happens is people just talk about work and workloads, which just still happen. But I think there should be also spaces and time set just to talk about wellbeing. Because as people managers and leaders and line managers, in order to really know your team properly, and especially now that you're if you're deciding whether to move from remote working to hybrid working, there'll be elements where people would want to shy away from, especially from an inclusion perspective, because they didn't feel included in the workplace. So how well will they be feeling included if you're doing it remotely? Things to think about. You know, I think thinking around creating channels for communication where people can actually talk to people, whether it's HR, um, whether it's peer support networks or diversity networks in in the organisation. How do you communicate and how do you enable people to have that communication, if not directly with their line managers, with other networks, both, again, thinking about it from a perspective of remote working and in the office. Um, We've created My Whole Self MOT toolkit which enables you to think about the questions you should be asking which go beyond how are you doing today and things that you can do for self-care purposes to facilitate these conversations enable and signpost people to the right places in terms of useful resources and internal well-being um, benefits whether it's your EAP etc. I hope you enjoyed today's bite-sized edition of the HR L&D podcast remember to subscribe to the show share it with all of your HR colleagues and friends And why not also check out some of our previous episodes for more golden nuggets that may just help you along in your own people career journey. For now, I'm Nick Day and you've been listening to the HR L&D podcast, Bite Sized.